0: All right, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for today. We thank you for another opportunity to uh, hear from you, to study your word together, to share and fellowship with one another. We thank you because your word is powerful. Thank you because your word is a lamp unto our feet and light to our path. And We thank you because your word has the power to perform in us what it speaks about. And we ask today, Holy Spirit, that you um, teach us yourself. We ask that you inspire the truth in our hearts and empower us to walk in the reality of this truth in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask also for everyone who who should be here that hasn't joined in. We ask that you nudge their hearts and prompt them by your spirit, O Lord, to join us um, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. All right. Amen, amen. So today we are looking at, uh, we are looking at something that I think is important for this season and we call it how to prepare for the new year, how to prepare for the new year. All right. Um, give
1: me a moment. Let me turn off. There's something making noise in the background. Just a minute. All right. So how to prepare for the new year? And that's what we're looking at today. Um,
0: and why is this important? This is important because um, typically every year has has new seasons that come with it, all right, typically. And what makes us effective in the coming year is our preparation for it. Um, and we need to know what God has in store for us in store for us. All right. We need to know, um, what to do when the year comes. Um, it is not wisdom to prepare for battle in the day of the battle or, or the morning of the battle. All right. So you hear that, Oh, there's, there's, there's going to be a war when God forbid, or there's going to be fights. And then is that money you are trying to prepare? No, it is wiser to prepare ahead of the battle before it comes or, you know, another way to put this is it is better to prepare for a situation or an experience um before it comes. So I want us to just look at maybe two things. I think we should be able to cover those two things today. Uh, just look at these two things that will help us prepare for the coming year. All right. And these are things you can practice yourself. These are things I encourage you to practice yourself. Um, and in other areas of your life, you might find application. For this in other areas of your life. But we just want to speak particularly uh towards next year. Oh, by the way, happy new month, everyone. I don't know if I I think I mentioned that earlier, but happy new month, everyone. Um, and a big shout out to Mrs. Agape, who led last week's by, uh prayer, prayer meeting, right? Um, I followed a, a bit, I, I couldn't be around fully for some reasons that uh, were unavoidable. All right, so today, like I said, we're, we're looking at preparing for the new year. First of all, um, and, and I, I'm going to break this down in two, two simple things I want to look at today. Number one is, number one way you prepare for the new year is receiving the word of God. Receiving the word of God. You know, the Bible says to us that his mercies are new every morning. And that suggests to us something, that the, his mercies are doesn't change but they are fresh every morning meaning there's a cycle that is attached to his mercy and what that tells us or or the insight that gives us about god is that even though god doesn't change his experience in our life has to be fresh and renewed meaning you, you you will not be able to carry you might not be able to carry over the experience that god you had with god last season or last week or last month or last two years into the current experience, not because God has changed, but because his operations change from time to time. And that's what that scripture gives us uh, an insight into, that the mercies of God are new every morning, the operations of God are new every morning. So there's a newness that comes with the operation of God. And what that tells us and what we can do with that, that information is that we can reach out to God for the newness That comes with the season. And so also is his word. His word for us in every season is different. It's new. The word that God spoke to you in the last season may not be the same word he wants you to run by in this season. The instruction he gave you last season may not be the same instruction he wants you to operate with in this season. All right. So his word is also new. And as seasons come, uh, we need to or receive the word of God for us in that season so that we can be effective in the season that we are in or the season that we're going into. So the first thing we do to prepare for the for the new year is to receive the word of God. Now, this may not sound new, and for many of us, this doesn't sound new. And um, the purpose of today's uh, teaching is really is to stir up in us a hunger and a desire for God's word. Or one of the purposes of today's meeting is to do that. All right, is to ignite in us, um, the hunger, a hunger for God's word. And I want to, I want to instigate you to hunger, if if I could put it that way. All right. So first, so you, some of the things you right are here may not be new, but what I want to stir you up so that you are hungry for what God is saying for the coming year. So the first thing we do to prepare for for the new year is to receive the word of God. All right, today is uh, the sixth of December, and December is going to end in less than four weeks. All right, the this year is going to be all over. I want you to desire to know what God is saying for the for the for the coming year. Genesis, sorry, not Genesis. John chapter one, verse one to three. The book of John, uh, chapter
1: one. The Gospel of John, chapter one, verse one. So verse 3, John chapter 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word,
0: in the beginning was the word, and this is a very powerful phrase, because everything that has a beginning must begin with the word, and look at what it says, it says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Let, let me unpack these verses a little bit. From the from the start, He says, in the beginning was the word. That means everything that goes on record to have ever begun, the initial point or the starting point for it was the word of God. Anything that you ever see that God counts, it to be, to be in existence must begin with the word of God. And you know what this tells us is that there are many things that people are doing that God, heaven does not even recognize. And the reason why heaven doesn't recognize it is because it doesn't have the backing of the word. It doesn't have a word that began it. The only things that heaven recognizes are the things that begin with the word. That's why the Bible says in the beginning was the word. And it is the same thing too. If you're going to have a 2023, that is going to be recognized by heaven, or is going to have heaven's backing, then it must be a year that begins with the word of God. Because in the beginning was the word. From heaven's perspective, anything that starts must start with the word of God. Anything that starts, and I repeat it again, absolutely anything that starts must start with the word of God from heaven's perspective. perspective Is it your marriage? It must start from the word of God. Is it your business? Is it your finances? Is it your new year? Is it your family? Whatever it is, heaven, heaven's idea of a beginning is the beginning that begins with the word of God. So in the beginning was the word, and sadly there are a lot of people who are who are who are neck deep in things that heaven doesn't recognize. Somebody, for instance, uh, gets a very great paying job and. The person has been working there for 10 years. And then one day, I mean, they expect that heaven recognizes this, this their job. And they, they believe that, oh, God should support them. And let's say there's chaos in the job. And they go to God and say, oh, God, save me, deliver me from this chaos that is going on. And then God comes and tells them that you are in a job that I don't even know. I do and you know, maybe the person prays and says, but well, God, you gave me this job. And God says, eh, I gave you the job. I didn't know about that. The reason is because it didn't start with the word. The beginning of everything, and let me say it again, please, is the word of God. Don't go into things, don't start things, don't start businesses, or don't start relationships, or don't start any venture that God has not started. And the way God starts a matter is by releasing his word concerning it and that's why the bible says in genesis chapter one that in the beginning god created heavens and the earth and what do we see next was that god spoke the way he created was that he spoke he spoke everything starts from the word of god so for to prepare for the coming year the first thing you must do is to find out god's word for that coming year i know this may not sound new and i know it sounds um it may be something you might might have heard But again, like I said, I want to instigate you and stir you up to desire the word of God earnestly, because the coming year is going to be really challenging if you do not have the word of God. In fact, the Bible says that gross darkness covers the earth. And I can assure you there's gross darkness waiting in next year. Our guarantee to shine as light is that we have received the word of God, which is light unto us. All right. So the beginning was the word we're reading from John chapter one, verse one in the beginning was, and, and I this just, it skips, it keeps tugging at my heart. Please. So forgive me if I keep repeating it over and over that the beginning of everything is the word of God. And as long as the word of God begins a matter, it is only the word of God that can stop it. So if God gave you a word concerning your family, for instance, or God gave you a word concerning that job. It is only the word of God that can put an end to what the word started. It is not a human scheming. It is not the environment. It is not anything on the outside. It is only the word of God that can stop what the word of God started. And that's why the Bible says Jesus Christ himself says, heaven and earth may, may pass away, but not a jot of this word will go without fulfillment. And let this be an encouragement to someone, even as we are ending the year, is there something that God has spoken to you about From the beginning of this year that hasn't yet materialized, I'm telling you that as long as God said it, as long as God began it, then he will perfect it. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says he's able to perfect that which he started. All right. So let that be an encouragement to someone. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. Verse two says the same was in the beginning with God. What this tells us is that once you get the word of God, then you have gotten God in that matter. Meaning if you get the word of God at the beginning, then you have gotten God at the beginning. Because the Bible says the same was with God in the beginning. Meaning the word of God guarantees the presence of God at that beginning or guarantees the involvement of God in the beginning. So please and please again, I encourage us, do not start the year without the word of God. And you know what this even tells us is that If somebody decides to receive the word for the year in June, that means it is in June that the year started for him, even though there are six calendar months that have passed, but it is in the month of June that he really starts because that is when he receives the word, meaning your year starts the moment you receive God's word. And what this also means is if you have received the word of God today, being 6th of December, that means your year has started Already, and I believe for many of us, this is even the case, that we have already received God's word for next year. And we started engaging and running with it. So your year has already, already begun. But my point here is, get the word of God first. Get the word of God first. And at whatever point you get the word, that is when the year begins. And the word is the is the guarantee of God's presence or God's involvement in the year. Okay? Now, verse 3 says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Again, just reiterating the fact that creation begins by the word. So if you have not received the year, receive the word, sorry, even if we enter into the year chronologically, your, your year has not been created because it is the word that creates. and um, if you haven't received the word, then your year hasn't been created for you, even if chronologically you have stepped into it. Does this make sense? Um, So the word of God, the word of God. And I wrote here that the year, does your year, now speaking personally for you, your year doesn't start until the word of God comes to you. Your year doesn't start. And sadly, right, there are people who in God's calendar, that year is missing. So, you know, we count maybe 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. That's the way we number it. But when God go, looks from his perspective and counts the, their years, he sees 2010, 2011, 2014, 2015, because in those two years, 2011 and 2012, they did not receive any word from God. All right. They did not receive anything from God. So in God's calendar, that year didn't even exist at all because everything they did, they did it on their own opinion. They did it on their own intelligence. They did it based on what was trending, what was, um common the peer pressure or whatever it is uh maybe financial pressure they did whatever they wanted to do so from god's calendar on god's calendar that year doesn't exist in their life because the the year never started the year was never created because they never received god's word for the year so to avoid us being in that kind of situation again i encourage you let us receive the word of god for the coming year and this is a personal um, experience, all right? And I know for many of us at churches or, or in other, you know, fellowships or whatever we belong to, we typically have maybe a word that God is saying for the congregation. And that is great. But I'm saying you as a person, go to God and ask God for your own word. The the uh, word that governs your own experiences for the coming year. Ask God for that, all right? So your year doesn't start unless your, the word of God comes to you. Secondly, I said here that for some of us, the coming year is a continuing year. So the ne- next year is a continuing year for some of us. And what I mean by this is that next year is a year where you continue on the word that God gave you, maybe from this year or from previous years. And I just, I'm just, i saying this because I know many of us um, typically expect a, a something entirely new every single time. But you see, God doesn't only doesn't speak in terms of chronological years or days. He speaks more in terms of seasons. So a season can encompass three years of your life, one year of your life, or even just six months of your life, all right? But what is important is that for that season, you have the word of God for it. So when I say next year may be a continuing year for some of you, this is what I mean, that next year may be an extension of a, of the current season that you are in. And if it's an extension of the current season, then the word of God that you have received, that is, if you have received the word, then the word of God you have received will still apply over that season. And what may happen is that God will give you reinforcing words. So he might give you words just to reinforce the things things he has said to you at the beginning of this season, so that your heart is strengthening, so that direction is given to you. Uh, but then it's a continuing year. It's not, a, it's not something entirely new. But then for some of you, next year represents an entirely new season. And so God is going to say something new to you that you would run by. So whatever the case is, stay with the word that God has given you. Whether it's a new word for the season or a continuing word from last, from the previous season, Um, whatever it is, stay on the word that God has given unto you. All right? Okay, I hope this is clear enough. So let's proceed. Still on the word of God, I want to... Um, stretch this further and explain to us. You know, when I, I've been saying, receive the word of God to you, and 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 what is your word? But I want to explain that, and I don't take for granted that we all understand what it is, right? And even if you do, then this take this as a refresher. So there's something called the proceeding word of God. Um, we also call it the rema of God, meaning the released word or the spoken word of God to a. To an individual or a group of people, specifically for a season or concerning a particular matter. Now, look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. I feel very fired up in my spirit tonight. Um, and I hope you catch the same fire. But look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. This was the temptation of Jesus Christ, and the devil had tempted Jesus Christ to turn stones to bread, and look at what his response was. But he answered and said, "It is written." Note that he says, "It is written." Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus was saying, and, and look at look, just take a note, note, take note of what what happened here. Jesus Christ Himself said, "It is written." So He was referencing the what was written or what we refer to now as the entire word of god hmm? or the entire bible but then it says it is written that man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of god so what was written contained what what proceeds and man's existence man's sustenance is not on food alone is not on anything external or materialistic but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we are sustained not by food or by economic indices. We are sustained by what proceeds from the mouth of God. And what this statement means is that if you do not know what proceeds from God's mouth concerning you, your existence is at risk. If you do not know the proceeding word of God for you for next year, your sustenance in next year is at risk. You are hanging on a limbo. You are just like a reed that the wind can blow away. You are like the leaf that is just waiting for a little shaking and then it it drops from the the branch. That is the the, the description of the person who doesn't know the proceeding word from, from God. But once you have the proceeding word, then it doesn't matter what goes on around you. It doesn't matter if there's no food around you or not. The proceeding word can sustain your spirit. All right? It can sustain your existence. And that's what Jesus Christ is saying. So that proceeding word is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you owning a Bible or having a, a, an, a Bible upon your phone. I'm not talking about you knowing so many verses of scripture to quote. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a word that God speaks to you. You know, the Bible says, Um, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. My question to you is, do you know the word that proceeds from the mouth of God to you? Not the word that proceeds from the mouth of God to your friend or to your sister or your brother or your husband or your wife. I'm saying the one that proceeds to you personally. Do you know it? It is that proceeding word that sustains you. And that is what I'm talking about when I talk about receiving the word for the for next year. I'm not saying that you should know all the... or you, I'm not talking about knowing many chapters or verses in the Bible. That is good. That's what we refer to generally as the logos, which is the summation of God's thoughts. That is exciting. That's great. But I'm saying that from the scripture, from the summation of God's thoughts, he lifts up a particular thought and directs it to you. You know... It's like a man shooting an arrow to a specific target. The word of God can be sent specifically to you, okay? And it is that word that sustains you. And this is what I'm talking about, that the remnant of God, you receive it into your spirit concerning next year. And it could be a word that says... Um, I have given you the, for just as an example now, a word that says, I've given you, I've made your feet like the, like the hints feet and you climb upon your high places. And that word just shines on your heart and it energizes you and you are able to interpret experiences in the light of that word. You are able to, to take actions in the light of that word. That word, when it comes to you, it regulates you. You see, the power of the preceding word is this, that, When the word of God comes to you, when that proceeding word comes to you, the impact is not just the excitement you feel in your spirit, but that it creates a system around your operation. And we're going to look at that very soon. I'm just jumping, jumping the gun now, but it creates a system around your operation. It creates a filter for your belief that you look at what is going on around and People are struggling to do things, but you say to yourself, God has made my feet like the hind's feet, and I'll climb upon my high places. And you begin to study and see that the deer, or the hind, or as, as the Bible call it, calls it, um, is skillful at climbing mountainous places. So, terrains that are difficult for people, you find the, word, the word of God is saying to you from that scripture is that you'll be able to climb upon it easily. That word defines the way you look at circumstances. So when people look at things and say, ah, this is not, it's not possible. And by the way, there may even be believers and they are saying it from a genuine heart. They may come and advise you and say, this thing you are doing, it will not work. But you know you have a word. You have a word in your spirit that empowers you to do what you are doing. That word is what I'm asking you to receive for the next year. That proceeding word, because it changes the game entirely. If you see people do things that others are struggling to do is because they have received the word that others have not received. So we are at the mercy of the proceeding word in our lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are at the mercy of that proceeding word because man does not live by bread alone. No, 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 no. If the only thing you live by is the food you eat or the things you consume from the outside, the circumstances, you do your economic calculation and, oh, you you, you this, this is the best decision and you make it based on just on external factors alone, then you are not living the way God designed you to live. But because the way God designed you to live is that you don't live by bread alone. You live by the every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So my challenge to us and my encouragement to us today is to get that proceeding word. Whatever it take you, stay in a place of prayer, stay in a place of fasting, um, meditation with God, find a place, alone. whatever it is, get that proceeding word for your next year. You know, um, over the course of last month and this month, God has just been saying some things to my wife and I and even revealing those things. And they are really, really just amazing. And he has given us a, a framework to think, you know, there's something that God has said to us concerning next year. And we hear that we we'll talk about it and it's almost... If we didn't hear the word of God, there's no way with our logical senses we will be proceeding to do it. But we have the word of God in our, with us. And that's what I'm saying. The word of God, the proceeding word that you have received defies the external logic of, of environment, of economics, of um, society, or whatever it is. It it empowers you to swim against the tide and still come out successful. All right. So still on the word of God, I want us to look at something um. Um, the impact of, of that. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. <clears> 2 <throat> Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Remember, part of what I, I aim to do today is to, is to create an appetite in your heart for the word of God, to receive the proceeding word of God, that you will not go into next year and shout happy new year because it's just January 1st, that you shout happy new year because you know the year will be a happy one. You have received the word of God for that year. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. <clears throat> oh, I want to read this from... Okay, let, let me read from, from King James Version first. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart let me read this scripture from um two other translations
1: amplified amplified bible first second peter 1 verse 19 all right <clears throat> second peter
0: 1 verse 19 so amplified bible i i read says for we have the prophetic word made more certain so there's a prophetic word and that's the word I'm talking about the proceeding word. We have that proceeding word made more setting. It says you do well to pay close attention to it. And this is what I'm telling you that when you receive the word of God, pay close attention to it because it is that word again that regulates your experiences. It is the word that determines what will happen or what will not happen in your life. That's the proceeding word. And it says pay close attention to it. As to a lamp shining in a dark place. So the same way you pay attention to a lamp, or in today's world you we can say a torchlight or a flashlight or a bulb. The same way you pay attention to that torchlight shining in a dark place is, about, is the way the Bible says you should pay attention to the preceding word. And what that tells us is that again, like I said, there would be darkness. Even in the coming year, there will be darkness. I know we have seen difficult times in this year but globally there still will be darkness in the coming year and the bible says that our our escape our, our source of hope our redemption is that proceeding word that we should pay attention to it as a light that shines in darkness so that's what the proceeding word of god does to you it illuminates darkness around you such that we what we experience is Goshen, even what, even when the world experiences Egypt. So in Egypt, there was darkness all around, but in Goshen, there was lights. And the, the darkness in Egypt was so thick, it was the kind of darkness that you could feel. Just imagine, it wasn't, you know, when you close your eyes, yeah, everywhere is dark, but imagine darkness that you could feel on your body. That was how dark Egypt was. But just around the corner, we had Goshen, and Goshen had lights, and brilliance and illumination at the same instance that Egypt had darkness, and this is a description of what next year would be for us—that the world will experience darkness and difficulty, cross darkness. The Bible says, but we will shine the light because we have received the proceeding word from God. And this is again why I'm encouraging us, and I'm I'm stirring us up more and more re- to 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 receive the proceeding word. That is where illumination comes from. All right? So um, I said I was going to read the same scripture from another translation, the New English translation. It says it this way. Moreover, we possess the prophetic word. And when I read this verse today, I was just so excited with that word, possess it. it the way it came to me was like, I have a pen here. I am gripping this pen. I am possessing this pen as my possession. All right? So possess the prophetic word. If God says to you, um, if God says to you, I'll give you the riches in secret places, possess it, own it, like to grasp it with your heart and with your life. Possess that pro- prophetic word so that if at any point in time, if someone comes to to meet you or if a situation comes to encounter you, they meet you with that word. You know, if you go to, uh, let me say, let's say police is, police arrested somebody, and and let's say there was a riot, for instance, and then they arrest someone and they take him to to the police station, and they the they, their claim or the charge they're bringing against person is that he was in possession of of weapons of illegal weapons. Now, part of why they could arrest him was because he was possessing illegal weapons. All right, so they met him with that with the weapons he was in possession of it. Or if somebody comes and says, "Oh, I'm looking for I'm looking for my phone." And you come and say, oh, I'm in possession of your phone. That means the person is holding your phone. What I'm saying is when situations come to meet you, let situations meet you in possession of that proceeding word. Let situations meet you with that word held in your hand and in your heart. That's what I'm talking about. So it says, moreover, we possess the prophetic word as an altogether reliable thing. You do well if you pay attention to this as you would to a shiny light in a mur- murky place, meaning in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. So you possess that word until the day dawns. And what this means to us is that you hold on to that word until the day dawns, meaning until light comes. So the day God says the word to you, your environment may still look dark, but the situation um, may still look bleak. It might not look favorable at that instance that God speaks to you. But the Bible says we should possess the prophetic word until the situation, the day dawns, meaning the light comes on, to, on that situation. And what that means is you hold on to the word of God, that prophetic word, that proceeding word, you hold on to it until the, your circumstance reflects the proceeding word, until it is evident on the outside. That light shines on the outside so you see the prophetic word inside of you but it says you hold on to it until the day dawns the day dawns on the outside all right and you take that proceeding word hold on to it until the day dawns on the outside and it is evident to everybody that the word of god is true in your life okay now still on the word of god um and just because this scripture talks about the day dawning and the light shining i am compelled to read Psalm 119 and just show us something about the word of God okay and this is, this is going to this is going to be very instrumental and instructive to us so Psalm 119 verse 105 again a popular scripture that we uh every one of us should be familiar with Psalm 119 Psalm 119 uh verse 105 this is what the word of God says it says thy word is a lamp Unto my feet, and a light unto my path. So the word of God is is lamp unto our feet, illumination, and it is light unto our path. All right, so provides direction and shows us where, where where we should walk on. But then, what does it mean when he says it is a lamp and it is a light? What is the implication of that concerning the word of God? To explain that, go to Psalm. Sorry, not Psalms. Proverbs chapter six, verse twenty three. I just want to um, expound this uh, scripture when it says the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. All right, so Proverbs chapter six verse twenty-three. Proverbs chapter six verse twenty-three. It reads, "For the commandment is a lamp. All right, for the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life." Let me read that again. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So when the Bible says in Psalms that the that word is a lamp unto my feet, so we see two, two, um, two representations of the word. One, it says it's a lamp, and the second, it says it's a light. But what does that, what do these things mean? Now, in Proverbs 6, verse 23, gives us the, the explanation. It says, for the commandment is a lamp, meaning the lamp is the command is a commandment. And the Bible says the word of God, in, in a context, it serves as a lamp. And remember, the word we are talking about here is that preceding word, okay? So it says the word of God is a lamp and it is a light. So how what what was the representation? What does it mean to be a lamp and to be a light? And Proverbs tells us, says the commandment is a lamp meaning that the word of God comes as commandments. And what this means is when the proceeding word comes to you, there's an instruction, a commandment that is encapsulated in the proceeding word. And this is what I want to tell you that when you receive that proceeding word, don't just get excited by it. Ask God for the commandments that comes with the proceeding word. So if God, for instance, tells you that this year you will multiply your business five times, all right, times five. You you grow five times this year. That's five hundred percent this year. And you're excited. And God shows you from scripture the um um the, the scripture that 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 confirms and guarantees your growth. And you're really excited. But do not stop there because the commandment is a lamp, and the word is a lamp unto our feet. So ask God for what the commandment is in that promise. And you know what happens many times is that God first of all comes and gives us a promise because by with a promise, he's able to encourage our hearts with a promise he's able to strengthen our our faith with a promise. We are very excited. We are are full of joy, but that is not where we should stop. The promise always has a commandment attached to it. And this is what Proverbs is saying that the commandment is a lamp. That is a lamp that you would, that would shine and show you how the promise will happen. Do You get what I'm saying? So when God gives you a promise when you receive the proceeding word don't just stop at being excited ask God for the commandments and if you are diligent to ask God he would actually show you the commandment for it the instruction that comes with the promise every promise from God carries an instruction with it check your script check the scriptures every single promise of God carries an instruction and it is the instruction that um, guarantees the manifestation of the promise. So when you receive the proceeding word, ask God for what the commandment in that word is. Ask God for what the promise in that word is. So for instance, God says to you, "I have made your feet like the like the deer's feet." Um, um, you climb upon your high places. Then you're very excited that oh things are going, to be, are going to be great this year. And then you ask God, okay, God, so what is the commandment? And God tells you, "Fear not." That's the commandment. And that fear not is because he's going to lead you to do things that you will naturally be afraid of. But he then gives a commandment to fear not, or he comes and gives a commandment and says, um, "Leave your father's house and your your to, and go to a land I will show you." And what that means in your own case is probably that you should um, take decisions that may not be you you may not be accustomed to or, or whatever it is but there is a commandment to the preceding word, okay? So the first thing it says here in verse 23 of Proverbs chapter 6 is that, for the commandment is a lamp. And the second thing says, and the law is a light. So remember the word of God is lamp to our feet and light onto our path. So the commandment we see is the lamp. Now the light is, a, is what the Bible says here that um, it calls it the law. So the law is the light. Now, what is a law? A law is a system that governs people's conduct. All right. So, for instance, the laws of Nigeria does not permit me to, um, let's say the laws of Nigeria, for instance, doesn't permit me to, um, to go and take things from my neighbor's house without telling them. That would be regarded as theft. Okay. Um, the laws of the land require that I drive on the right side of the road, uh, while the people. On, Coming drive on the opposite side on the left side. In another country, it's the other way. If you go to England, for instance, they drive on the left and the others or the other people drive on the right. Okay. So the law is a system that governs the conduct of a people. So when the Bible says the light, the law is the light, what this means is that when the word of God comes to you, it gives you an instruction, like we've established. But secondly, it also gives you a a mode of operation, a modus operandi. It gives you a system of operation, a system of conduct. And this is where many Christians miss it, that we get excited when we receive the word of God. Oh, next year will be a year of multiplication. You shall enlarge to the left and to the right, and we're excited. But we do not receive the mode of operation for us. And so God might come to you and say, you know what, next year, don't um don't go out too much for instance that might just be the mode of operation god gives you that don't go out every maybe you are a person that just loves going out every weekend you love hanging out with friends you love you know meeting people visiting people every weekend and then god comes and says you know what for for this promise to manifest next year don't go out every weekend reduce your going out outgoing by 80% and that is a mode of operation God is giving to you now. You might not like it, you might not be used to it, but that is the mode of operation that will guarantee the fulfillment of the promise, just like the covenant, like just like the commandments. And that is what the law is. So for someone, um, it may be in your business, God has promised you that you would you would make 10 million naira next year, all right, at least 10 million naira, or you will have a monthly revenue of 10, 10 million naira. And then you are really excited because the word came so powerfully to you. You heard God clearly. Then you go to God and says, okay, God, what is the law that would govern the manifestation of this? And then God says, you know what? In that your business, you are doing one, two, three, four, five things. I want you to take out one, two, three and only do four and five. And out of the five things you were doing, that was bringing you maybe 500,000 year monthly last year. God then says, take away, take away three of those things. And that is a mode of operation he's giving you. So when you receive the promise of God or, or the proceeding word, don't just end at, at, at receiving it and be excited. Ask God for the commandment and ask God for the law, the operation that would govern it. Maybe God will come to you and say, every month gives uh, this amount of money to so, so so person or give it to a ministry or help your neighbor or help a friend or whatever it is. God comes and gives you a mode of operation for your finances. And you're saying, but God, The money I have is already not, is not enough. I'm even trying to manage it. And you're asking me to give out every month. That is the mode of operation that governs the manifestation of the proceeding word. All right. So the proceeding word comes with a commandment and it comes with a law. Never forget this. Every time God gives a proceeding word for the next year or for anything in your life, actually ask Him for the commandment, the instruction that comes with the word, and also the mode of operation that you must sustain. In fact, for someone, it might even be that you you, you must forgive. You just anybody that offends you next year, you must forgive. Maybe or, someone else might afford not to forgive for a month and they'll be fine. But for you, based on the promise that God has given for the coming year, you must forgive the, the moment somebody offends you. That day must not end without you forgiving. That is a mode of operation for you. And this is how we see the word of God manifest in our lives. All right, I hope that's clear enough. Um, I said here that the specific word from God for you carries with it instructions and laws, and like I explained, a law is a system of living that guarantees the manifestation of that word. Okay, so on just on the word of God, uh, let me read one more scripture, and we'll look at something else quickly before we close. John chapter fifteen, verse seven. John chapter 15 verse 7 the proceeding word of god and i assure you if as long as you have the word of god you have a guarantee you have a, you have a more sure word of prophecy john chapter 15 verse 7 all right it says if you abide in me and this was jesus christ speaking if you abide in me and my words abide in you you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. The Greek translation of the word, word used here, is translated rhema. So it says, if you abide in me and my rhema abides in you. And what I want to point out and emphasize from this scripture is the word abiding, that the word of God must abide in you. It should not come to you. It shouldn't be a visitor in your heart that means the word of god should make a permanent permanent abode in your life you should you should keep the word of god as a permanent residence in your life because that is the only way you'll be able to ask whatever you will or make a demand and uh, or make it make um yeah make a demand for the coming year or in the in the coming year and you see it come to pass Your only guarantee is that the word of God abides in you. It stays in you. You know, when Jesus Christ talked about the parable of the seed and the sower, um, he said that one of the sets of seeds fell upon uh, rocky grounds and then they sprang up immediately. But because they did not have roots, once persecution came, once the heat from the sun came, they withered away. And a lot of times we are like that. That at the beginning of the year, we hear a word from God and we are very excited. We even write it on our door, we 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 write it on our wardrobes, we paste it in our houses, in our rooms, everywhere. We're excited. But by April or by March, challenges come and we the pressure, the you know, the Bible says that the 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 uh the, the soil that was planted on the rocky ground, because it didn't have roots, when the sun came, came up. And Jesus Christ said that, that, that the heat from the sun represents um, represents persecution that comes because of the word. And many of us are like that. Once the persecution comes or the pressure comes, we have forgotten the word that God says, and then we lose we lose faith. So what I'm saying to you is that let the word of God abide. Let it stay in your heart. And the only way to do it is by looking at the word of God consistently. Don't just look at it in January alone. Look at it in February. Look at it in March. Look at it in in april down to the end of the year let it abide let it abide that is our guarantee and i said here that the proceeding word guarantees the abiding of the proceeding word guarantees effectiveness to us in prayer because jesus says if you my words abide in you then you would ask so if the word is not abiding in you you don't have any authority in prayer so the authority we have in prayer it comes from the abiding word, that proceeding word that abides in our hearts, that is the authority. We have to make demands in the place of prayer. Okay. So now let's move on to second thing. So the first thing I've I've been speaking about so far is the word of God. And I said, how do we prepare for the new year? Number one is receive the word of God. Number two is prophesy the word of God. So you have received the word of God. You know the preceding word. You have even received the instructions and the laws. What is the next thing for you to do? It is to prophesy the word of God. Okay. And and the way the Holy Spirit explained this prophecy to me and why it's important is, is, is the analogy of seed and harvest. So let's read Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. Just to establish something um, in maybe 10 minutes And we should be done. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 2. Sorry, verse 22. Sorry. Genesis 8, verse 22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. That means as long as the earth remains the concept of seed time and harvest will always be there and even the kingdom of god operates by seed time and harvest and this is the principle we are, we're going to use to um to emphasize or illustrate the, the power of prophecy all right but just before i continue when we talk about prophecy what we are simply talking about is you speaking out the word that god has spoken to you and where do I get this from? I get this from Ezekiel chapter 37. Let me just, let's me let just turn there quickly so you see it. Ezekiel chapter 37, all right, is the story of um, Ezekiel, the encounter Ezekiel had in the valley of dry bones. And he says um, from verse, let me start from verse, verse three. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones leave? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Verse 4, again, he said to me, prophesy upon these bones. So God was telling Ezekiel to prophesy on these bones. Before we continue, I want to point out something. It's interesting that God himself did not prophesy upon the bones. So prophecy is an act that is 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 um expressly for us humans for we the children of god god will not prophesy over your life god will not prophesy over your family god will not prophesy over your your business or anything he will give you the word but you will do the prophesying so look at what it says prophesy upon these bones and say unto them oh ye dry bones hear the word of the lord so the word that ezekiel prophesied were the words that god gave him to prophesy that god spoke to him that's what ezekiel prophesied and if you read the scripture the rest of scripture you'll see that ezekiel basically said what god said and then the bones came back bones to bones um flesh covered it and they rose up to, be, to become a great army so prophecy is you speaking the word of god the word that god gives you let me say this to us. Prophecy is not you speaking what you are excited about. Prophecy is you speaking what God gave you. Whether you are excited about it or not, or whether you like it or not, that is not the matter. Prophecy is you giving, saying the words that God gave you to speak. So somebody might, might be desiring a Range Rover, for instance, and that's something he has always longed for. And maybe after this teaching, he goes and says, I want... My next year to I want to buy a Range Rover, and they begins to quote and unquote prophesy a Range Rover. There, that is not a guarantee that it will happen, all right? And I'm just using that as a materialistic example. But as a guarantee, it is only if God has spoken to you that that will happen. So your prophecy is not you can it, your prophecy is not open ended. There are boundaries to prophecy. You can only speak what God puts in your mouth. And so when God gives you the proceeding word. It is that proceeding word that you speak out. All right? So that's what I mean by prophecy. So look at Mark, Mark chapter 4, verse 26, and look at the illustration of the kingdom of God. And if you can understand these concepts, you would, you would save yourself a lot of stress. Because when we prophesy, what we're doing is that we're releasing the word that God has released into us. We're now releasing it upon the earth. All right. So far, we we read the scripture. Let me explain this again. God has spoken the word to us. The proceeding word has come to us. Now, what we do is that we take that proceeding word because it is planted now in our hearts, but we need to plant it on the earth for it to manifest. So we take that proceeding word and speak it out and prophesy it over situations, over the year, over our experiences. And that is what guarantees the external manifestation. So we take the seed that is planted in our hearts and then we plant it on the earth so that it can grow. All right, so Mark chapter 4,
1: verse 26. Look at what the Bible says. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29.
0: All right, it says, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day. And this, the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth of herself first the blade, then the ear, after that, the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And this is very, very powerful understanding of how the kingdom of god works. The first says that the kingdom of god is like as if a man should cast seed on the ground. So the a farmer for instance goes and plants um his seed in the ground and he goes to sleep. The bible says he he rises night and day and doesn't know how but the spring the the, the seed springs up and grows. So this is what I'm saying that now you have received the proceeding word from god that same word you have received, it may it typically looks very ambitious. Most times when God speaks to us, it looks impossible, and you don't even know how. Just like this, the way um Mary told the angel, how would these things be? Seeing I am just a virgin, and the angel says, Don't worry, the the power of the most high will overshadow you. All right. So, in the same way, when God speaks to us, we are wondering how would this come? What will happen? That is not your responsibility. You are not to worry how it will manifest. Your responsibility is just to speak the word the same way it came to you. Just imagine Ezekiel in that valley of dry bones. Ezekiel talking to bones, it looks very absurd. How will those bones come together? It didn't make sense logically, but Ezekiel said exactly what God said to him and then a miracle began to happen. So your responsibility is not to make the word come to pass. Your responsibility is to plant the word of God as a seed in the earth, and then the Bible says the earth by its own self will begin to yield the results. So when God speaks the proceeding word to you, what you do is you begin to declare it out. You speak it That's prophecy. You speak it. God says, "Um, you excel, I will enlarge your coast and expand you on all sides. And he says, maybe he gives you a context of enlargement that you're going to enlarge by times 10. You you don't know how it's going to happen. You begin to speak that word. This, yeah, God says I will enlarge by Times ten. I am ten times bigger this year. There's an enlargement on every side. I move from from a hundred to a million, from a million to ten million, from ten million to hundred million. You are speaking the word of God. You still do not know how it will happen, but that is your responsibility. Just speak the word. God's responsibility is to make it happen. You do your part, and God will do His part. And look at what He says in verse twenty-seven. He says, "And he should sleep right. He should sleep and rise night and day." and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. So when God gives you a proceeding word, you don't even know how it will come to pass. And let me give you an, an uh, and you know what we call expo in exam. Let me give you a, a hint. If God speaks a word to you, and you think you know how it's come to pass, I assure you 99.9% of the times, it will not come the way you think it will come. Every time God speaks a word to you, you usually will not know how it will come to pass and that is absolutely fine and god does it that way so that your trust can be in him and him, him alone so when god speaks to you the bible says the farmer rises and and rises sleeps and wakes up and the, the crops the crops spring up and he doesn't know how he doesn't know the mechanics of of the crop growing up that is the way the word of god works in our lives that you speak the word of god you release the word of god God has given you a proceeding word. You release it upon the earth. You don't know how it will happen. There are things that happened in this year that at the beginning of the year, there was no way I knew it will happen at all, but God made it happen. And I'm saying that there are things God has planned for you next year that your little brain cannot even calculate how it will happen. And that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is just to speak out the word that God has given to you. So plant the word upon the earth. And look at what verse 28 says. It tells us how it happens or what 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 the the science behind it. It says, we're reading from Mark chapter 4, now in verse 28. Verse 28 says, for the earth brings forth fruit of herself. That means by its own self, the earth brings up fruit. Let me tell you what happens. When you speak the word of God into the earth, you sow the seed of God's word into next year. For instance, you declare, uh, declare it over next year according to what God has shown you that next year will be a year of favor, a year of open doors. You walk into high places, you 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 go to places that um that you sit among kings, you go to places where you only the favor of God can bring you. You're just saying all those things and you're sowing the seeds of those things into the year 2023. What will happen is that the earth by itself will take your words and create and ensure them manifest as fruits. Okay, so. You have spoken in 2023. 2023 will take the words you have spoken and would ensure that you meet somebody that introduces you to somebody that makes sure you now sit among kings or that makes sure you you have access to places that naturally you would not have had access to. That is the word of God. That's how the word of God works. Your own responsibility is not to figure out how it will happen. Leave it. Your own responsibility is to speak the word of God and sow it upon the earth. Because the earth can only produce the seed that was planted in it. So if the only thing you do is to get excited by the preceding word and you relax, the earth doesn't have anything, anything to, to work with. You are excited. You have received the word and that is great. But the earth has not yet received the word. The earth receives the word from your lips. It is with your mouth that you sow the seed of God's word upon the earth. And once the earth receives that seed, then it can begin to work and produce the fruit. But when, if you stop at only receiving it into your heart, that's exciting. You are full of revelation, but that will not guarantee your manifestation. Manifestation comes when you release God's word upon the earth. You sow it upon the earth as seeds, and then it begins to yield tremendous harvest. Okay. So I said here that the earth only produces what has been planted into it. All right, what has been planted into it. And I want to show you something here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10. And we'll wrap up uh from this, on this note rather. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. I w- I just want to explain to you the fact that you know in the, in the story of Ezekiel, Ezekiel, God did not speak, God did not prophesy. It was not God that spoke to the dry bones. It was Ezekiel that spoke to the dry bones. However, it was God that gave Ezekiel the words to speak to the dry bones. So someone would have said, why didn't God just speak to the dry bones? After all, God is very all-powerful. God, there's nothing he cannot do. And that is correct. But you see, the way God has structured the operations of our manifestation, he has done it in such a way that we must partner with him for the manifestation to occur. So we work in partnership with God to see the manifestation of his word. And he God is the one that gives us the word or gives us the seed, then we are the ones that plant the seed. God does not plant the seed on the earth for us. Never forget this. God does not do the planting on the earth. What he does is that he plants the seed in our hearts. Then we take the seed that he has planted and now plant it on the earth. So number one, two things I want to point out from this illustration is that you can only plant a seed on the earth that has already been planted in your heart. You cannot plant on the earth what God has not planted in your heart. If God plants in the heart of your brother a word, for instance, you cannot take that word and say, automatically, i plant it in my own life. No, the only seed you can plant is the seed that God has planted in you. All right. Secondly, if God plants the seed in you, you must extend that seed and plant it upon the earth. You must not stop at the seed being planted in you alone. All right? You must go further and plant a seed upon the earth. And like I said, the way we plant a seed upon the earth is by the words of, our, of prophecy, our declaration, speaking out and saying the things that God has said to uh, concerning us. Second um, Corinthians chapter 9, verse, verse 10. I want to read that for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I want to read this from um, from the English Revised Version. It says this, God is the one who gives seed to those who plant. And this is what I'm saying to us, that for you to plant a seed, it is God that has to give it a seed, and that seed is the preceding word. But So God is the one that gives the seed to those who plant. And then it says, and he gives bread for food and God will give you spiritual seed. So that spiritual seed is the word, proceeding what that comes to you. And please understand this, that your next year is hinged on the proceeding word that comes from, comes from God. And it is God that gives that spiritual seed. He says, and God will give you spiritual seed. So God is not planting the seed on the earth. Never forget that. It is you that is planting the seed. However, God is giving you the seed to plant. <clears throat> God will give you spiritual seed and make that seed grow and He will produce a great harvest from your goodness. So God will give you the seed and you plant the seed, but then it is God that will make it grow. And how do I know it's God that will make it grow? Paul says that in First Corinthians, he says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, But it is God that made it grow. It is God that brought about the increase. And that's the responsibility of God. So yours is just to plant. God will make the increase. Yours is to speak over the year 2023. God will cause the manifestation. Yours is to receive the word and speak it over your family, speak it over your life, speak it over your health, speak it over your business and everything that concerns you for next year. And God will make that seed grow. But God cannot make a seed grow that was not planted. So you must plant. You must prophesy. Don't just say, oh, next year is going to be good. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Find the word that God has spoken to you. Speak it over next year. And I'm saying this even to myself. This is what I I intend to do. This is what I will do. Because I have seen the manifestations of God so many times um, um, through this principle. I remember just today, in fact, when I was preparing for today's Bible study, I stumbled across, across Psalm 18. And God gave me Psalm 18 maybe in 2000 and, um, 2018 and 2019. And that was a a, a a chapter that God really spoke to me from. And I remember I, I phrased my prophecy around that scripture. And today I am experiencing the, my, I am still experiencing the manifestation of the seeds that I planted 2018, 2019. And I'm saying to you that if you can plant the seed of God's word, your year 2023 is settled. So receive the proceeding word of God and plant that word into your coming year, and you'll see tremendous harvest. Hallelujah. All right, I hope uh, this was helpful to us preparing for next year and planning for the year um before we pray, let me see do we have any questions or do we have any um, any light bulb moment something that you know struck you from today's conversation conversation sorry. Um, anything like that you have any question you want to ask please feel free or do you want to share with us something that you learned today that you want to really really practice maybe it was a healthy reminder or it was something you learned new entirely new today please go ahead and um, share with us okay
1: good evening everyone hi good evening shama um, um so if you want to ask a question Um. Thank you for the wonderful message on on reminiscing on God's word and speaking God's word over our But then, so I don't I know. But then, how do we like get that word? Like practical steps. I said, okay, cause you know, most people just pray, and then you know, at times once um, challenges come, you speak the word. But then you know, because we already know. Some scriptures now, it just jumps in your mind that you say speak it over the situation. But then how do you know the exact word for the year that God wants us to speak? Mm.
0: Okay, good. So um I'll answer it in in with three three points, all right. Point number one, and this is a very good question. How to know the word, all right? Very good question. So I'll answer it with three points. Number one is that the prerequisite for receiving the word of God. Number, first and foremost is that you are a student of the Bible, that you read the Bible, you, you study the word of God for yourself as a daily practice. All right. So that is the first prerequisite. Um, It is only very few instances. And again, very, very few instances that God will speak to you from a scripture you have never read before. I've experienced it, but if I would give it a percentage out of my entire experiences, it probably accounts for only 0.8%. of my total experiences of God speaking to me from his word. So a prerequisite is that you are first and foremost a student of God's word. All right. So you read the Bible on a daily as your normal life, not because you are looking for the rare No, but that's your, excuse me, as a healthy spiritual practice. Give me one minute, please. All right. So as a healthy spiritual practice, that is your your norm. Number two is that once you've you've met that first first criteria, second thing you you can do and you should do is spend long times praying in the spirits. Spend um, a, enough time praying in the spirit. It, not I don't and I and I not, don't just mean in one day alone, but over a period, let's say over a month, you just dedicate extra hours praying in the spirits. Um, the reason why that is helpful is that praying in the spirit makes you more sensitive to what God is saying. So when you pray in the spirit, the Bible says that the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So when you pray in the spirit, the Holy Ghost goes, goes on a search, um, mission and searches the deep things of God and brings them to you. Because one of the primary responsibilities of of the Holy Spirit is to reveal to us. So when we engage in the Holy Ghost by praying in tongues, he begins to search out and reveal to us the mind of God for the coming year or for whatever particular issue it is. And how this happens many times is that, and this leads me to the third thing, is that he takes out a scripture. Typically, he takes out a scripture from what we know, from our accumulation of the word of God. He takes a particular scripture or a particular story or a particular context from the word of God, and then he makes it a life unto us. Okay. So when I say he makes it a life unto us, um, this is what I mean. I want to, let me pull up a scripture and show us. Um, the disciples
1: at Emmaus, all right. Um, this is in Luke. This
0: is in Luke chapter 24. I just want to show something. Uh, Luke chapter
1: twenty four, verse. Luke chapter twenty four. Let me look for the exact scripture. So okay, good. Luke chapter twenty four, verse thirty two. Right, and this is the story
0: of you know disciples are walking to to on the way to Emmaus and then they encountered Jesus, but they did not know it was Jesus and all of that. After Jesus Christ had opened their eyes, and then he disappeared from their sight, look at what they said in verse 32. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Meaning every time the scripture is opened to you, your heart will burn. And what that means is that if your heart will be, would be would be glued to a particular scripture or when, the, when that word comes to you, how you will know that that is what God is saying to you is that that particular scripture or text or whatever it is, however it comes, will come alive in your heart. It will be so alive in your heart more than every other thing that you know at that point in time. So that is one of the ways you know that this is what God is speaking to you uh, for that particular matter or for the next year or whatever it is you're praying about. All right. was that helpful
1: yes it did thank you so much all right you're welcome okay um anyone else with any question
0: i haven't seen our comments what's something you learned today please type it in the um in the comment section before we go quickly type in the comment section one thing you've learned today let's say what of prayer while we're doing that father in the name. Of jesus christ we thank you for today we thank you for your word that has come to us we thank you for the wisdom that you have you have released upon us via your word we ask oh lord that you help us to be discerning enough to receive the proceeding word and also to be disciplined enough to speak it out that as we receive the proceeding word, we receive the commands and we receive the laws and then we we speak out, we prophesy your word and plant it up as seeds upon the earth so that we can reap the harvest in due time in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, everlasting Father,
1: <clears throat> for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Alright.